we call that going plus two. And so you go two steps beyond what's asked of you. I expect that on every single phone call. I expect that also in the way we coach our people is we go two steps beyond what they're asked, what we're asked to do. As a supervisor, that's what your job is, two steps beyond what your frontline person needs to have. Welcome to Now Brands Talk. This is a show for leaders who want to close the brand interaction gap and bridge that tricky divide between brands and the people who love them. Let's listen in. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Now Brands Talk. I'm your host, Perry Chakoff, and today my guest is Darren Folks, VP and Head of Global Customer Experience at StubHub, and previously the Senior Director of Global Customer Experience at eBay. So welcome to the show, Darren. Thank you. Glad to be here. Very excited to have you on board today. Obviously, with his years of experience, it's safe to say that Darren knows a thing or two about delivering exceptional customer experience. And spoiler alert, it's all about simplicity. So that's going to be the topic of conversation today. Now, Darren, we'd like to kick off this podcast with the same question. What is the best interaction you've ever had with a brand? And what about it was so special? Yeah, I think my highlight, I think, is probably Delta Airlines. I travel a lot. And when there's trouble, I need help quickly. And I love that they set up different tiers, different things to go and help the most frequent customers. But as I interact with them, the number one thing is they get to me quickly, understand my issues, easy, easy authentication, understand what's going on, and they get, get it handled quickly and send me on my way. And that's what I love about it. And I think one of the key things about that is just that they understand as a business traveler, you have a lot of things going on and they don't want to spend time over-educating you, trying to teach you what to do. They solve the problem and let you move on with what you were going to do. And that's just get on an airplane and fly. It's so funny. I don't think um, we commonly hear examples of really good airline experience when we ask this question. So shout out to the airline people, especially the people giving that VIP customer experience. Yeah. Um, now, you've obviously been in customer experience uh, for quite some time. I think your, your LinkedIn tells me you have about 25 years of experience in this area. Especially in the last few years, we've seen some pretty significant change in what customers expect from the businesses they're trying to contact and some of the strategies that businesses are using to try to meet those expectations. So in your opinion, over you know your time in, in this space, what about customer experience has stayed constant and what has changed? Yeah, I think for me, the, the constant is people need resolution and they need it quickly. Nobody ever wants to, when they think about buying a product, using a service, whatever it may be, nobody's thinking about what, when I need help, what am I going to do? Nobody thinks about that. And so they don't want to contact us in the first place. The experience should be seamless. It should be easy, whether, like I said, whether that's buying a product or service or whatever it is, they want it to be simple and easy. And when they have issues, that's when we need to become the best. And that hasn't changed over time either, is that we don't want them to call. We want our product to be the best. But when they do, we will be the best. And when they reach us, we need to make sure we hear and understand their concerns quickly. Resolve them quickly. They need to know what they need to do next. And when you do all, through, all three of those things quickly, then they feel valued. They feel value as a person. You value their time. You value their input. You value what they need to get done. And then they understand, and I want to come back and use this brand again. And I want to use this service again over and over and over again. And I truly believe that effective service, exceptional service, is a brand differentiator. It's something that will keep people coming back over and over and over again. If you solve a problem in a really solid and 
quick and effective in a simple way, people will come back and use you over and over again. It gives confidence to, to buy again. And that's something that I think that's what's changing over time is people didn't want service, but when, when they need it, they'll always go to that brand. And some people will even pay a little extra for it to be able to know that they're going to be protected and taken care of. And that's something at StubHub we pride ourselves in is that we know that we're not the, the cheapest, but we know that we're the best. And cup, cup, and people will come back to us over and over again because of our service. There's so many nuggets of wisdom in here. I have to just say what you're saying now is backed up by, by research by the analysts that um, people say one of the most important things a brand can do is value their time. And you've really been leaning into this idea of time, right? I'm reaching out to a company to get support, for example. Usually it's because I'm frustrated. It's because the product hasn't missed, has missed the mark for me. So if I'm going to take time out of my day now to reach out to your service team, I understand what you're saying now about how critical it is for you to resolve that quickly and give me back the time. And it sounds like, you know, maybe some of that experience is a good thing and is ultimately going to lead to loyalty because it's going to give me the confidence to buy again from you. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the other things that I, when I think about over my career is we always wanted to educate our customers so that they don't want to buy again. They don't have to call us again. And that's actually a misnomer is because, and I think what changed it is the actual smartphone. The smartphone changed it because you think about, we used to know everybody's address. We used to know everybody's phone, everybody thing. And now it's all there at our fingertips. People don't want to know all that, that stuff. What they want to know is they want to have a product that works for them so they don't have to think about it. And that's the same thing when they're contacting us at StubHub for customer service. They don't want to know all the ins and outs, how to buy and sell a ticket. They expect the product to work. And when something goes wrong, we solve it quickly. And they don't want them to have to learn how to make it all work and all, all these things, the intricacies that go behind the scenes. That's our job, not the customer's job. Yeah, I could totally relate to that. I think um, obviously as a CX leader, you know, it can be very tempting to, to assume that the customer knows just as much about the customer journey as you do right? You know, all the ins and outs of the software that you're using and the ideal customer journey, right? Um, but the customer doesn't necessarily have that information and, and maybe they don't need to. They don't need to know where they are in the journey. They just need to know, hey, I'm not getting what I need. This is where I'm going to go to contact the team. Exactly. What, what we know of our customers, they're either trying to buy a ticket or sell a ticket. That's all they need to know. And they want to go on that journey in the most simple and friction-free way. And if they have some friction, we need to clear the road and let them get back to buying and selling tickets. Something I have to say from my own personal experience with StubHub, this was, um, it was a couple years ago now, definitely before the pandemic. We were in New York. Um, we're big musical theater, you know, show type people. And we went on StubHub to go buy some tickets for the show. Put, I put them in my cart and like, it was not cheap, right? Th these were expensive tickets. I had to really sit and think about them. Probably had, I, I left my cart. I didn't check out, right? I abandoned. And within 24 hours, I actually had a phone call from someone at StubHub. And they're like, hey, I noticed you wanted to go see this like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor one man show or something. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, wow, this is really amazing that this company has reached out to me. And I, I was curious to ask you a little bit about, about that strategy and how you make that possible at StubHub. Yeah. So as a secondary ticketing marketplace, we understand there may be some concerns. There may be some trust that we need to overcome and to let them know that we are a valid ticketer. And you think about the history of StubHub is that the way this used to work is it used to be people standing on street corners and, and selling tickets. Well, StubHub has legitimized that market. And so there may be some, some uneasiness and some concern about that. And so we noticed this about four and a half years ago, as people would come through and they would look at their cart, they would look at tickets, they would abandon their cart. And we believe it was something of, of trust. 
And so by reaching back to them and back to you as a customer to say, here we are, here's our fan protect guarantee. We'll, we'll make sure that you get into that show with the seats that you purchased and to be able to give that level of confidence and put a human behind it, it has changed the game. And we saw that group go from zero people to well over 200 people that were doing these outbound contacts globally. And I won't disclose the amount of revenue that we drove by that, but it was amazing and something that we really contributed back to our business and back to our customers to getting them to actually go see what they wanted to see and fulfill their dreams, fulfill their entertainment needs. And that's what I love about it. I have to tell you, receiving that call really made me think twice. We ultimately didn't go because it was ridiculously expensive, but... Shame on you. <laughs> but the call, it, it made a difference. It made me remember, oh yeah, that was a thing I was thinking of doing on this trip. And maybe I am going to drop good money on that show. I don't know. Something that we realize is that people don't need to go to shows. They don't need to go to games. This is discretionary income that people are choosing to spend with us. And so that goes back to what I said at the beginning. When people need help, we have to be the best. This is something that I take a lot of pride in as our company is that we are the best and will continue to be the best because this is, as you said, many of these tickets are very expensive and people are choosing and many have saved a lifetime to go to this once in a lifetime event. And we've got to make sure that we provide that ultimate customer experience for them. You make such a good point about trust. I can tell you that the first concert I went to, it was an instant concert, if that, that dates me a little bit. <laughs> and my it. dad, it was for my birthday and he had bought these extra tickets and we were 100% those people on the street corner being like, hey, you want some extra tickets to this instant concert? So I appreciate that now there's a legitimate marketplace for that because that was exceedingly sketchy in downtown Toronto. Um, but no, you make a really good point about establishing trust pre-sales and how that sets an expectation of what the experience is going to be like as a, a returning customer of StubHub, right? If this is the experience that you have with our business before you become a customer, it sort of sets this expectation that, you know, this is a really trustworthy brand and I'm going to have this kind of quality experience. I'm going to feel confident throughout my entire lifetime as a customer. Is that part of your customer support strategy? And how does that, how do you tie in the pre-sales and the post-sales experience for your customers? Yeah, absolutely. That is critical for us. And many of our competitors do not offer pre-sale support. And that's something that we have differentiated ourselves at StubHub because we know if people are especially same day, um, people have a lot of angst and many of our ticket sales are same day. And especially now set after the pandemic, it's actually the window to event people buy much closer because they don't know what the strict restrictions will be. They don't know if I'm going to have to have a negative test. Am I going to have to have a vaccination card, whatever it may be. And so the pre-sales is critical for us because people are nervous. They're in quick and how am I going to get into this game? How am I going to get into this event, this show, whatever it is. And for us to be available and ready to help them pick their seat, help them pay for it. And they understand exactly where I'm going to park. What am I going to do before? What does my transportation look like? How's my seat going to look? That has really changed our business and sets us apart from somebody else. And you're right. Then it also establishes that trust. That if something were to go wrong, I know I'm going to call and they're going to pick it up and they're going to be ready to take care, take care of me, which we always do. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that people will leave a brand after one bad experience. And I think especially if we're talking about a, a high ticket item, right? This is like a novelty thing that I'm going to this once in a lifetime show. If the experience isn't really good, you can bet that I... I'm not going to come back to this platform because the trust is broken. So I think I really like how we're tying together these themes of speed, ease, trust, uh, and how all of those things are necessary to build a loyal customer base. It's exactly it. And, and it shows, and I won't disclose the numbers, but we receive so much direct traffic to StubHub because of that loyal customer base. And they know they can count on us to deliver. 
That's definitely something you should be really proud of. I think it's something a lot of brands aspire to and in part why we have you on this podcast today. (laughs) Uh, So with that, I know there's probably some numbers you can't disclose, but I think people will be interested to know um, what are the metrics that you look at most closely to measure your team's success? Oh, yeah, it's this is simple. And there's tons of contact center metrics, all the things that is just table stakes for me. But what matters is what the customer says about us. It doesn't even matter what our own quality team says about us. It matters, but not to what the degree is, the customer. And when we look at our customer satisfaction scores every single day, how are we trending? What are the friction points? How are we solving for those? Because number one for me is always customer satisfaction. What are they, how are they evaluating our service? How are they evaluating our brand? And because we know they're telling everybody about it. When you don't, nobody goes to a game, a show, a concert and keeps it quiet. Everybody talks about that. And they, they go to work, they see their friends, they see their family, whoever it may be, they talk about what they had, what experiences they had. And we know that, that makes a huge difference for us. And so we got to make sure that they're satisfied with us and our brand. We survey frequently. Um, we also engage in what we call, they're called voices, where we engage with our customers directly to understand how are you seeing our brand? How are you seeing our product? What can we do to improve it? And so I take that stuff really seriously. And I work with our product and technology teams to make sure we're removing those friction points over and over and over again. We have something we do on a quarterly basis that builds a roadmap to remove friction points. But ultimately, this is about how we solve for that customer and we evaluate it. And then the other thing, like I said, when we do our quality evaluations, we listen to calls a lot. I would listen to them with my staff and we review them and we coach and we role play. But what we do with that is I listen for only four things. And I've mentioned this previously. But only four things. Did we hear and understand the customer? And sometimes I would love it. We look at technology a lot and think about what is the right screen pop we need to have, all these types of things. I'm actually different. I would love it if the screen went dark for the first 30 seconds to a minute. And the reason I say that is because I want only focus on the customer. I call them the fan, so I may interchange customer and fan here. But we focus on that fan. We need to hear and understand what their issues are. Then, as I said before, quickly resolve it. Now, in our business, most of the time, they have some actionable next steps. And so if I'm a seller of a ticket, I need to know how to deliver it to the buyer. If I'm a, if I'm a buyer that purchased a ticket, how am I going to retrieve my ticket? What do I need to do with it? Do I need to download it? Is it on my smartphone? How do I get access to my tickets? So there's usually actionable next steps and make sure that they know all the way to the end of what they need to do. And then, like I said, if we do all those three of those things, they feel valued. Internally, we call that going plus two. And so you go two steps beyond what's asked of you. I expect that on every single phone call. I expect that also in the way we coach our people is we go two steps beyond what they're asked, what we're asked to do. As a supervisor, that's what your job is, two steps beyond what your frontline person needs to have. All that translates. If we lead that way, it translates all the way through the customer experience. I really like that. I, I've heard it before in a different context, which is that um, you should never waste a good crisis, right? As we talked about customers reaching out to you because they have a problem. Um, how can we turn that, what could have been a frustrating experience into a positive experience um, and, and going that much further for the customer so that what was originally a support inquiry is now, I feel way more confident in the platform because I could reach out, I could talk to a human, I got the answer that I needed and I moved forward. Yeah. We, we, we take this very serious and you call it a crisis, but we, we are in the emotion economy. People that are going to these events are highly emotional about them. Every single one of these things that we sell has an expiration date. And so as it gets closer to the event, the emotions go high. 
if you're going to see your favorite artist, your emotions are high, or your favorite team or your favorite show, your emotions are high. We've got to match that emotion with our customers. And sometimes it may feel like a crisis to the customer, but if we can ease that burden, let them know that everything's going to be great. Focus on the event. Don't focus on your ticket. That's when things change for us. Yeah, I can imagine if you're a business that has people proactively following up on an abandoned cart, that you're a business that's that's going to go the extra mile when it comes to customer support. Um, I want to ask you a little bit now, you mentioned um, CSAT as a primary metric of success, and that you're sending surveys to your customers to, and your fans to get that information from them. Are there what other ways are you maybe not directly polling your customers to get this information? Are there other signals or automations that you have in place to help you understand where friction is and to prioritize that roadmap? Yeah, we've actually, we map out the call the customer experience all the way through and see, we understand exactly where customers are dropping out of our buying flow or our selling flow. And so we map that and we, we, we look at it, how many start, how many get all the way through the funnel. And we work with our product and technology teams to solve those. We've also implemented, as you mentioned before, other areas of proactive nature where we will pop in there to say, I see that you've been here a while. What's going on? Um, we've done that through chat. We do it through phone. We do it through both to try and help our customers through there. But the number one metric that we don't ask our customers to do, but we look at repeat rate. And so once they have purchased on our platform or sold on our platform, how often do they do it again within the next 12 months? And granted, our ticket prices are high. Um, but how often do they do it and why? And the more we can move that and create loyalty is something that really matters to me. And so we look at CSAT, we look at repeat rate, especially after they've contacted us. What, what is their behavior post-contact with StubHub service? Then from there, we can see how are we making a difference for the business? I can see how loyalty is the ultimate vote of confidence right? If my experience with you was fast and it was easy and I trust you, I am definitely coming back to buy again. So my wheels are turning about how I'm going to turn this into key takeaways at the end. In the meantime, while I put that on the back burner of my head, um, I want to wrap up this conversation with a, a quick lightning round of questions. So you don't have to think too much about these ones. Um, just they're here so that listeners can get to know you a little bit better personally. So question one, what is something that always puts you in a good mood? When I see uh, people performing at their best, including myself, um, when I know I'm at my best and acting in my utmost integrity. And so when I think about that is if I challenge myself at the end of the day and think, did I move the needle today? Did I change somebody's life? Did I help someone? And when I see other people doing that, always puts me in a good mood. I've been in the service industry, as you said, for 25 years. I've never seen anybody yet. When you don't help somebody else, it doesn't make you feel better. And so did I do that at the end of every day? And on my drive home, I make that evaluation every single day. I love that. I totally agree. Okay. Question two, where would you like to travel to next? Actually, I lied. I'm going to change this question. What is the next event that you're going to attend? <laughs> next one for me is the masters. Um, I'm going to the masters in April and one of my favorites. Awesome. Good for you. Okay. Number three, what's a hobby you spend a lot of time on? Increasingly two different ones, snow skiing and golf. And so um, snow skiing, I live in Salt Lake city, Utah. And so snow skiing is awesome for us. And then golf in the summer. My third one, I I'm, I'm love to water ski, but um, I've been doing that for the longest time. And so I, I picked up golf last year in a big way. Very cool. I wonder if your uh, winter skiing is helping with your water skiing. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. <laughs> in the off season, right? You just uh -huh. completely changed modalities. Yeah. Um, okay. And final question. So we did kick off with the best interaction that you've ever had with a brand. Um, without naming any names, can you maybe tell us about uh, one of the worst interactions you might have had yeah. with a brand? Um, 
I won't tell you the brand, but also an airline experience um, that was not Delta. Um, but when I was at the airport and I was traveling with my family and that's when we, we discovered that our flight had been canceled and they would not rebook us, would not do anything to help us. It was all on our own. And I'm standing there, big family, there's seven of us. And to be able to put them at ease, meanwhile, I'm losing my mind um, with this other brand. Um, terrible experience, non-empathetic, didn't care, and put us out there on our own. And really, really frustrating experience for me and did not realize the urgency behind it and didn't care about me as a person. Oh, it's so hard when that human element yeah. is lost. I'm also, we're a family of seven and uh, it's hard enough to get everyone to pack their suitcases and get in the car on time and not miss your flight only to show up and have your flight canceled yeah. on you. That's not exactly. a fun experience. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Darren, I want to thank you so much for being on today's show. Uh, maybe could you tell our listeners what's the best way for them to get in touch yeah, with you? The easiest way is on LinkedIn. I'm just looking up at Darren Falks and um, you can find me there and that's, I'll, I'll respond quickly if you want to reach out. Beautiful. And of course, you connect with me on LinkedIn as well, uh, Perry Chakoff. Before we go, I do want to summarize some of the key takeaways from this conversation. I think the number one thing I learned from Darren today is that speed and ease have always been important in customer service, and that is definitely not changing moving forward. Number two is that it's important to take every interaction with a customer as an opportunity to build trust and to have that customer feel confident in your product or service. And the third one I would say is that the best indicator of success in customer experience is repeat business and customer loyalty. So you can look at, you know, any other customer success metrics that you want, but at the end of the day, if people aren't coming back to buy from you, um, that's definitely something you need to focus on. So Darren, again, thank you so much for being part of the conversation today. It was lovely to connect with you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Now Brands Talk. Subscribe to hear more conversations with CX leaders wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Thank you. You've been listening to Now Brands Talk, a podcast by Ada. Stay connected by subscribing to the show, leaving us a rating and comment, and emailing us your feedback and questions at podcast at ada.support. Your support and feedback ensure future episodes will address your interests with fresh discussion and insight about how brands talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time.